0: Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski.
1: And I am Kimberly Regalinski.
0: And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can learn more about us at KeepItLocalMaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the links in the show notes.
1: This episode is sponsored by Fabian Oil, a family owned and operated business that offers heating oil and propane delivery services, and repairs. Fabian has been serving central and northern Maine with propane and oil for over 30 years. As a local Maine business, they cherish the relationships they have formed by serving the people of their communities. In 2019, Fabian entered the southern Maine region with a heating oil acquisition, and they have recently brought propane to the market. They are aggressive and would love to be your supplier. Give them a call at 207 793 or visit fabianoil.com.
0: In this episode, we'll be talking with Ken Bell, the owner of Portland House of Music and Events. Ken has been part of local music in Portland for well over 12 years, providing a stage for hundreds of main musicians as well as national touring artists. After being shut down for most of the last year, he is set to open the doors once again this July with a packed schedule of shows.
1: Welcome to the show, Ken. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Thanks for coming in.
2: Thanks for having me. You guys have been so supportive for so many years. I'm, I'm really happy to be here.
1: This is awesome. I'm yes, so indeed. excited to talk about music. So you tell us, you've been part of the live music in Portland for quite a while. How did you first get involved in that?
2: I had a really good friend growing up named Dan Gurney, who was a Twisted Roots fan way before mm-hmm. I knew who they were. And he brought me to see them in a Bradley's parking lot in Lewiston, Maine, <laughs> when I was 19... And wow. I fell in love. I just thought, I still love Twisted Roots. I, I actually just got some new music from Adam and Pete about a week, couple of weeks ago. It's totally a different direction, but I still love it just as much. And I just kind of grew from there. I was just a fanboy. Um, mm-hmm. And I got into the restaurant business, running, running restaurants. And then someone called me up and said, hey, man, let's buy the Big Easy. So we went down that road. And it was kind of like a dream come true as far as getting to work with a passion I'd already had for years. Wow.
0: Now, I, I just have to say, that is the, like one of the most local music things I think I've ever heard. Like, oh, I went to see this band at a Bradley's parking lot. <laughs> that, that is That is cool. Yeah. That is cool. <laughs> Oh man!
2: You know what the sad part is? Is I have told Twisted Roots that story probably ten times, and they're like, "Yeah, Ken, we, we you've told us," and it
0: was really cool <laughs> the first few times. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I do That's the awesome. same thing actually, and usually Kim's the one looking at me like, "Are you serious? We're, you're going to tell me this story again, huh?" Yeah, I, I have to, <laughs> yeah, I have to practice. Yeah, yeah. I just have to practice to yeah. make sure I don't forget. So you had the, you had the Big Easy. And then the funny thing is, even even when you were even before you started Portland House of Music, I remember there was a there was a brief little cup of coffee where you were actually helping out at one Longfellow Square too. So I mean, yeah. even when you didn't even have your own your own venue going at the time, you still couldn't get that far away from local music, which I thought was really cool when I spotted you there one night.
2: No, man, I, I, uh, I well, actually when I let when I lost the Big Easy, I went to Friendlies, which was an absolute nightmare for me. It's just not who I am. They didn't sell booze. They didn't have live music. It was a bunch of kids and it was, it was tough. Um, and my mm-hmm. wife's like, you're miserable. Please quit. And I was like, I love you. So I quit. And uh, <laughs> luckily, uh, Derek Lombardi was booking Longfellow at the time and he hit me up. He's like, yo, man, we need a bar manager. Are you interested? I said, that sounds great. So I just went over there and I was only a bar manager. You know, I uh, I sat in on some of the management meetings, but, you know, I really wasn't much of a manager. I was just kind of there to, to attend the bar and and try to organize that form And, and, and luckily I, and I was very honest with them. I said, listen, I'm looking to do my own thing. And uh, they said, no, that's great. We'd love to have you here while you can. and uh, We'll support you until you time to go. And I said, it's fantastic. It was a, it was a great experience. And I, I love that venue. I really do. Mm.
0: Yeah, it is. It is a really cool place just to, to see a show. And also, you know, from my experience to play a show there too, it's, it is a very unique room uh, which is also kind of ties into your venue because Portland House of Music is pretty unique. Yeah. So, what was the process for for starting that? For you know, the idea and and the execution of it. How did all that come together?
2: You know, I never wanted to be out of the music business. That was something that was out of my control, unfortunately. And I knew I wanted to get back in. I, I knew I wanted to call it Portland House of Music and Events and Home as an acronym since from the, from day one, because a lot of musicians used to call the Big Easy Home. Um, mm-hmm. So. I knew I wanted to do it and it was how am I going to get there and when I was working at Friendlies, I just knew that I was spinning my tires and I wasn't moving in the direction I wanted to go and luckily my wife was like just quit and I actually called her the next day and said I'm really going to do it like right now she's like then why are you talking to me go do it and then I did and I, I've never walked out of a job in my life but I did that day and it felt amazing. Um, <laughs> We were broke uh my wife's like we'll figure it out and i'm so grateful Mm -hmm. that she was supportive and at that time Mm -hmm. maddie moran from uh, slab had hired me to book the book the outdoor place in slab for that summer so we went there to have a drink and literally the same day that i quit we went to slab for a drink and then walked we're gonna walk down to another bar uh, downtown and we walked by the old minors flower shop which is now p home and there was a police sign in the window and it was like Mm -hmm. my wife's like i told you to quit this is why (laughs) <laughs> so we actually called that day, uh, my realtor, Mike Anderson, a friend of mine, I had known for a little while at that time. And he's like, let's get started. And we started the work on the lease, which was, uh, almost a full year process, which was good because wow. I had no money. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, we figured it out from there.
1: That is amazing. I had goosebumps. Yeah. It's so cool when things c- kind of line up like that.
2: Yeah. We were so, so many things so... fell into place. We're so fortunate.
0: Yeah. And it's it's such a great room. I mean, it's such a great and interesting space, you know, because that was always that was one of the things I did like about the Big Easy was and I and I know it's like uh, that was like Big Easy version two that I was that I was familiar with. There was one before that, I believe, uh, at another space or or something. But I just remember it was so interesting going to the Big Easy and you had like you go in, kind of had the little doorway and then you go in, you walk down the ramp and, you know, you walked in and you're like, looking at the side of the stage Mm. so you're you're looking in at what's happening Mm. from a kind of a vantage point you never really saw and then you kind of get in and see that and see the front of the stage and you know portland house of music again has has a bit of that kind of like wow this is a different sort of room than what i'm used to going to you know with a with kind of that mezzanine area and you know just how everything is set up it's just a, a really cool space i mean um, I, I imagine a lot of that was dictated by how by what the room looked like when you got it.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, as far as Big Easy, that was truly lipstick on a pig that the musicians <laughs> themselves made that room. They they truly did. You know, I, I sanded down all the wood and restained it and put some paint up and some graffiti guys put up uh, Mike Rich and, and Jared put up some work in the corner but like the bathrooms were so bad I mean like I literally painted the grout white because I couldn't get it clean like with a little <laughs> tiny paintbrush I wanted to make it look better oh my gosh. to sit on that floor was something that I'm probably still suffering from today but it was just like the big easy was such a really just a dirty dirty club that was made special because the cats that played there it, it really was Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. you get to pee home and it's like you know I really wanted to to make it something that I could give back to the musicians and give them a, a, a nice green room, give them some real, real quality production. And, and luckily we were able to do that. And that's why I feel those two rooms are so different that, you know, the big easy could have happened in any, can I swear on this? Any hole that I've seen, um, because I gotta be honest, that the building itself and what was there at the time was just really beat up and run down and held together with, bubblegum gum and paper clips, mm. and, and to be able to take a, a blank canvas like Portland House of Music, and really build it to the to what we wanted to give back to musicians. And honestly, mm-hmm. that came from a a, a village of people. Um, Frank Hopkins was there from day one. Jack Murray was there from day one. They were just uh, in the rafters. Blaine did a lot of my metal work there from day one, working hard. There were so many people that really. The guys from American Roots, my buddy Ben Waxman, he showed up with like 12 people on paint day and busted out painting uh-huh. the whole place. My buddy Aaron Cloutier spent the night there painting by himself one night when I had been there for like <laughs> 20 hours. He's like, go home. I'll take care yeah. of here. And he was in there painting like it really was a village. Uh, Jimmy Junkins came in and sanded and restained the, the church pews like it was it takes a village and it's really what built it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, those and those church pews are awesome. Like, I, I every time I've every time I've been there, I just look at those and I'm like, that is such a cool idea.
2: Yeah, really it comes from right being on. cheap. Um,
0: well, <laughs> well, well, I also I also look at them and go, I'm glad I don't have to move those because those oh look gosh. like they weigh a ton.
2: They <laughs> do weigh a ton. We got those yeah. out of a church in Lewiston. Um, we were on an extremely tight budget. Um, real quick story: when I worked for Margaritas when I was like 23, I had a manager named Tom uh who we stayed in touch for a long time tommy verrill and uh we hang out every couple couple times a year and he went into doing contracting so we had a really really small budget on this uh actually to be totally candid i went to like 11 banks and no one would give me the funding i needed wow. finally at the 11th bank i got i got a certain amount of money but it wasn't enough that's mm-hmm. has me got me to reach out to my business partner jamie isaacson who's been a great partner I called him up and said, hey, I need money to open a club. And he said, yes. He didn't even hesitate. It was so awesome. I'm, I'm so fortunate. It's been a great partnership. But uh, anyway, when, after we got the finances figured out, I called up my buddy Tom. And he's like, what's your budget? And I told him and he hung up. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, he called me back like 10 minutes later. He's like, listen, show up with your work boots on Monday. I'll be there with two guys. And literally it was him, his two buddies, and me in there every day. I mean, I literally yeah. hauled in two tons of concrete on my own to pour the floors. Oh, oh my gosh. It's really oh. just, uh labor, uh labor of love yes. is, is real.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's what makes it kind of special to, mm-hmm. to go there mm-hmm. and to, to play there. And it's why I, I think everybody just enjoys that, that venue, you yeah. know, because there is, you, you can tell there's been a lot of care mm-hmm. and, and a lot of sweat put into that place. Mm-hmm. For sure. I appreciate that. Cause that's really what it is.
1: So what is, you know, what is your favorite part of owning a music venue? If you had to say, like, what are some of those things that just, that just drive you?
2: I have a really large liquor cabinet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> until COVID, I never ran out. When COVID happened, we ran out of a few things. Um, yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I love soundcheck. That's my favorite mm-hmm. time because then I can just sit back and enjoy the music and watch artists be artists. Mm-hmm. Um you know, once the door is open, I am a safety officer. It's my job to make sure people are, are taking care of themselves, taking care of each other and not having issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Luckily,
2: in 15 years of owning owning venues, we've had seven fights in 15 years, and I'm really proud of that. That's one every couple of years. Um, yeah. Any liquor serving establishment, I'm sure, is dealing with more than those numbers. So that means a lot to me. And, and soundcheck is when I don't have to worry about any of that. I can just mm-hmm. sit back and enjoy the show and and watch geniuses be geniuses. It's pretty cool.
1: That's amazing.
0: yeah, yeah, and, and one thing another thing, I don't want to turn this, this is like a Ken Bell Love fest, but I, I just <laughs> I, having played a couple shows that were not really my shows, just being kind of on the on the side of it and seeing you come up and just talking to everybody and the smile on your face like in the green room just talking to musicians is yeah. you can just tell that you are enjoying what you do so much and it's, it tra- it translates, like I said before into, into everything that goes around that place, man. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I appreciate that. And I do love talking to musicians, you know, uh, um, I have zero talent whatsoever. So to get to know these people that can go up there and put in like with the flip of a switch just become amazing entertainers mm. is something I'm always going to admire. Mm-hmm. But as far as that smile, that is, it's getting harder to do after 25 years in the hospitality business. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I do still love the music end of it. And, uh, Just getting to see Gina at Portland Lobster Company coming out of this pandemic was a pretty emotional moment. Uh, Watching them rehearse in there for the first time this past Monday was just like, it was like a feeling Mm -hmm. I I can't even describe. Like, I've just never Mm -hmm. had a feeling like that. And it's just, I don't know. It felt like it was gone for a while, but the feeling coming back really reinvigorates you to really realize how lucky I am to be able to do what I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, over all those years, I'm sure that you've accumulated, much like the Bradley's parking lot story, uh, some, some great memories. Do you, I mean, what are some of those favorite memories that you have from either the Big Easy or, or P Home or just your time in kind of local music?
2: Man, there are so many. Um, I think one thing that I've always enjoyed is is getting to know the musicians outside of stage. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's really cool to have some famous person come through. And I've met quite a few famous people over the years. And I always think that's really nice. I've met some really, really great people. But you know what? When it's the end of the night and it's been busy and you're settling up with a band and they're getting a big chunk of money and my bar just did well. And I'm like, you know what? Christmas is coming. And I really needed that. And my staff just made X amount of dollars. And the band's really getting a good payday. I really enjoy that aspect because I just did that with people who I know their families. You know i know this guy needs the money because he needs snow tires for his car my dog was sick this week and me and my buddies just made money together to take care of my dog like i love that that feeling of working with friends i just think that uh we all have to work that's life but if you're mm-hmm. working with people you truly care about it's just it's priceless
0: mm. Mm.
1: that is uh, yeah that's amazing
0: yeah and then and then there's getting a. Uh... And I'm I'm probably gonna get this story wrong, but I if I remember right, getting a mayonnaise packets for O'Teal.
2: Yeah, he <laughs> we've had all kinds of those quirky stories <laughs> where, you know, everyone's got their own their own preference on 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 uh on riders, you know. We've had some artists come through and I don't wanna name names or get people in trouble or get myself in trouble, but we've had some people with some really organic, healthy, on the road food and we've had people come through that are just I don't know how they get back in a van after eating all that stuff. But, uh, it's just, uh, uh, the riders is an interesting aspect of our business to say the
0: least. I just, I just thought that's that was great. great. Cause that's such like a, you know, DIY, like I got to go get like 20 mayo packets for this, for this artist. Like, he oh, ate okay. a lot of
2: mayonnaise. There's no doubt hey, about it.
0: Hey, you know what? Hey, that, maybe that's what keeps him going. Oh, wow. Fueled by mayo, I guess. Uh-huh.
1: So, you know, a, a lo- the question I have is, you know, a lot of venues have closed over the last year. Um, how how did you guys manage to weather the storm and really get back to hosting shows?
2: We are so fortunate. Uh, Tom Fonts, he actually did the writing of it. He actually launched it online and collaborated with some other musicians to do it. Told me he was going to do it for three months before I said, let's do it. I had no choice. Uh, they launched the GoFundMe for me. And that was absolutely uh, a game changer. I mean, it didn't cover all of my bills or even come close, but it helped. And then mm-hmm. Mark Curto called me up from Aura. They were hit up from a, a cycling studio, Jibe. They wanted to use the space because they couldn't have enough bikes in their smaller studio because of the distance guidelines. So mm-hmm. Joanna from Jive hit me up, and she's like, because Curto recommended they couldn't do it at Aura. But you can do it over Try calling and Ken. So those two combined alleviated almost 50% of my debt, almost, wow. um, which was nice. I mean, that was a huge break luckily my wife kept working through all that and we we just kind of buckled down and those two things are the biggest keys without those we wouldn't be here because no matter what position someone's in at some point you have to look at yourself and be like we got to cut this cord and and, just, and cut our losses mm-hmm. at what they are because mm-hmm. we didn't know when we we're coming out of this mm-hmm. and as recently as march this year we didn't know when we were coming out of this so mm-hmm. it was scary that was the scariest part. Is, no one was projecting when it would be over and there's no way to project that so you can't blame anyone but it was we were we would have cut our losses earlier if it weren't for those two things I'll be honest as much as I don't want to say that that's the reality Mm -hmm. of it right
0: yeah well it's tough I mean when you don't have when you don't have the income I mean bills are still due everyone still needs needs their money but yeah that's I'm very glad that that all worked out
2: Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And I, I worked out from the support of that village. You know, people wanted this venue around and they showed it. And I'm, I'm very, very thankful.
0: Mm. So now that we are coming out of COVID and we are getting live music back, which is awesome. What are some of the things that are coming up this summer and fall at P-Home that people should know about? I mean, besides everything. Uh- <laughs> They should be there every night of the week. Just even if there's no music, they should just show up just to make sure.
2: Just drop but. some money in the mailbox, please. Um, right. yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, the two, the two things I'm super stoked about, and uh, we did change the pricing of it. We've done Monday and Wednesday residencies for years now, and they've been wildly successful. Um, we're averaging over 200 people on Mondays and Wednesday nights. Uh, honestly, nice. much closer to 250 on some of those nights, which is I think anyone would be happy to have those nights. And yeah. they've been five dollar nights for years. And we finally said, you know, what, we're going to increase those prices. So now they're outrageously expensive. They're seven dollar and they're ten dollars day of show. So <laughs> I think they're still the best deal in town on any night of the week, let alone on Mondays and Wednesdays. So I'm really exci- excited for the musicians to be making more money. And those are just the two, and these are the cats that I've known. I mean, I've broken bread at my house with almost everyone in those bands, and there's, there's 16 people in those bands, and, and they're just all personal friends. And I'm so excited to just to just be rocking with them on Mondays and Wednesdays in, in, a, in a club mm-hmm. that I hope, but has always traditionally been really full on Mondays and Wednesdays, so I'm hoping that comes back. Um, we've mm-hmm. always had a great relationship with the State Theater. They've shown thrown us a couple shows, Lukey, uh, Lucy Dacus I'm really excited about, Uh, tickets are on sale for that now and they're moving fast that relationship there has been so great to have them bring us shows and unfortunately we lost port city during the pandemic so they're throwing us more shows right now which is obviously fantastic we love working with them Mm -hmm. um a lot of the local stuff's coming back you know i'm really excited that Kyle gervais coming back with grand hotel we're getting dom lavoie back on the stage we got cadaverette coming like we have a really, really great mix of local, regional, and nationals, and that's what this room has been able to do. And I'm ex- excited to be bringing it right back to where it was, 2019. That's
1: fantastic.
0: Yeah. Now, in the the Monday the Monday residency is Gina and the Red Eye Flight Crew. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's funk, R&B, soul, all that good stuff. And then uh, Wednesday is Main Dead Project still.
2: It is. It is. They are. Uh... You know, there's a there's a Grateful Dead cover band on every corner, but I don't think anyone does it like these guys. They're and and then the numbers show that you know, to bring up yeah. 200 plus every single Wednesday is crazy, and you know their fans have just been clamoring for it. They really want these guys back, and I can't wait. I can't wait either. I don't even like the Grateful Dead, but these guys rock. They're really good at what they do. so <laughs> I can't wait.
0: That's when you know the band is good. When you're like, I'm not even a I'm not even a huge fan of of necessarily this genre. But man, yeah. these guys are really good,
2: right? right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's just so cool when that happens.
1: Well, just... I, I
0: ran into that with uh, and I, uh, I'd probably get hate email for this, but that's fine. But I w- I have not ever traditionally been a huge Fleetwood Mac fan, but when when they did the Fleetwood Mac that shows, was phenomenal, and I had a chance just to you know play on one song, but watching the show, I'm like okay, now I actually really like these songs because it's people I know playing them and and it's like right there in front of me like, all right, I can deal with this. Right? Right? I mean, when it's that
2: good, it's freaking that good. good. And that stupid debate of covers versus originals. Yeah, I'd love to promote someone's original music. Absolutely. I I prefer that probably a little bit. But the bottom line is I want to see people I know and friends up there just doing amazing, just showing me some amazing talent and just crushing Mm. it, you know, in whatever style they want to do it and If it's well rehearsed, if they know the music and they execute it, that's a great show. Every Absolutely. time, yes, for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, you can just see that passion come through. Yeah, and that's just, the right It word. makes I love it. Yeah, it makes all the difference. I mean, for sure. I mean, just amazing. That show was fantastic.
2: And that show will be getting announced later next week, um, but it's coming back <laughs> for two nights once again. You know, our our November's are almost a playback every year because they're such successful local shows. Oh,
1: yeah, that's awesome. I always like to ask this, you know, it's, we like to ask this because we always love to hear what people, um, how they define success. So how would you say you define success?
2: People I work with that night leave happy. That's mm-hmm. it's that simple. If the bands are leaving my venue happy and my staff is leaving my venue happy, we all won. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when the band's making money and my staff's making money, I- I'm making money. And I really mm-hmm. believe if you focus on those first two things, first, the third one happens. Mm-hmm. So, hmm
0: True. Yeah. yeah.
2: Unfortunately, this is the music business, and that business means you got to make money, which I learned really hard this year. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. I, hate to, I hate to focus on the money, but it, it's a big part of it. Unfortunately.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and but that's you, you, you know.
1: Got I mean, that's how you pay the bills.
0: Yeah, and there but there's there's always ways to find that joy kind of in the work. Yeah. Of getting that, you know, and and that's absolutely. finding that find those moments when you're like oh this is really cool you're this like, is it, just a lot yeah, of yeah
1: it comes to a point you're like wow i actually get paid to do this
0: yeah
2: absolutely you know a- absolutely you know? And that, that can't get lost you know and i still get excited when bands play at the club for the first time i mean it's it does have a lot of production we get regional and national bands coming through saying like you guys have a lot of production for 300 cap room like we're like thanks we appreciate that that's that's what frank and frank put together for us so we're very lucky um,
0: mm. And I get
2: excited when I see bands get excited. You know, they, they really mm-hmm. enjoy playing that. And it sounds good. It looks good. So that's exciting, too.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, another kind of pseudo loaded question, but but it's always very interesting for us to find out the answers is, is who or what inspires you, either personally or professionally mm. or both?
2: You know what? I looked at the question just slipped me earlier and I didn't see that one, but it's I see it now. Damn, I wish I thought about it more. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a really great question. Um, my wife. Definitely inspires me. Uh, mm. it's been a, a She watched me lose a venue, but she also was the first person to tell me to go open another one. Um, mm. She watched me go through COVID. First person to tell me, go away on vacation somewhere because you need a break. You're stressing out. So she's been really inspiring. Again, going back to watching Friends Success. I love that. I really, really do. Uh, one guy I've worked with thousands of shows at this point is Max Cantlin. And I love watching mm. him play to a sold out room. Cause he is an amazing guitar player. And I love seeing that him play for that crowd. And I, obviously Lyle Davinsky has been a good friend for mm. a long time. I love seeing him go on to bigger and better things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love seeing success in my friends. I really, that, that inspires me. It's tough because you know, when someone really good moves away and you, you don't get to sell out that much more because they're no longer in town it, mm. it hurts financially, but it's so worth it, man. I, I just love seeing people succeed. And, uh, I think that's so important in life that if you can if you can encourage others to succeed you will succeed yourself
0: mm. yeah true and and for any musicians out there listening or anyone who has enjoyed a show at P home you now owe ken's wife like a bouquet <laughs> uh, some yes. some chocolates yes. whatever whatever it is that she likes you, we all owe her some of that. Yes, Likes the house
2: to herself. That's why she sends me away.
0: <laughs> you know, I've so the funny thing is, like a month or so ago, I was talking to Kim, and I was like, you know, and I knew this was a loaded question. I knew it. I, so I approached it very, very subtly. I was like, you know, I, I was actually thinking about, you know, maybe maybe starting a band. I was like, you really ought to. And I'm like, okay, she, she is sick of having me around the house. I'm surprised Kim. she wasn't like, you know, you have to start two or three. You ought to be out every night of the Rehearse week. Rehearse every night, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But somewhere else, Absolutely. not here. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, for sure.
0: So I might be hitting up for a rental space during the day. Let me know.
1: Maybe. <laughs> so, you know, what's your favorite part of living in Maine? What would you say are some of the things you like about living in this state?
2: I love being close to the water. I think that's a beautiful mm. thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think the ocean is a, a really beautiful thing you're part of. I love being so close to the mountains. I love being close to the woods in Maine. And I love our three months of good weather. Um, I sure wish <laughs> it was a lot more. <laughs> I was in an Uber a few years back, and this gentleman who was driving had just moved here from Virginia. And he's like, I can't wait to get out of this state. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, someone you know, told me to move to Maine. Move to Maine. The weather's beautiful. The weather's beautiful in the summer. He goes, you know what? Everywhere is f-ing beautiful in the summer. It's friggin' cold here nine months a year.
0: <laughs> well, compared to Virginia, yeah. I mean, you go, you step outside your house in Virginia, and I lived in Virginia for, for almost a year. You step outside and like Christmas, and you have a 50-50 chance of like, just being soaked in sweat by the time you get from yeah. your door to the car. Yeah. I tell like, you geez. what, man.
2: I, will, I, you know, I, I did a lot of snow removal when I owned the Big Easy. People don't know this, but I also had a side gig. I used to shovel and snow blow driveways in the winter. And oh I, wow! Yeah, I got to quite a few there for a while, way more than I should have done, and my back's still paying for it. But I hate snow. I, it's not even a little bit of dislike. Like I, I use the word hate intentionally. And <laughs> I have no desire for it in my life whatsoever. But unfortunately, we get a lot of it around here. Mm-hmm.
0: You're, you're with that guy who's out outside the first snowstorm, just shaking your fist at the clouds when it's when it yes. starts to come down. Yes.
1: <laughs> but yes. the other three, the other three months are worth it though.
0: Exactly. It's yes. beautiful out there right
2: now. I mean. I'll probably walk to work after this, honestly. It's just, and I live across the bridge in South Portland. It's a nice 25-minute walk, and it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's good. Nice. Well, thank you, Ken, so much yes, for, for taking time so to much. talk with us. Uh, we, we appreciate uh, you t- taking your time to talk with us, but we, we also appreciate what you've done for, for local musicians, yeah, for absolutely. local music fans, and, uh, and for how much you've put into mm. what is the Portland music scene and, and the blood, sweat, and tears yeah, that you've put sure. into it is, is just amazing. So thank you very much for yes. that.
2: Thank you guys. I appreciate the opportunity to share this stuff. And uh, thank you for what you do. You guys are really supportive of the small business community and whole and supportive of me for years. So thank you very much. Great to catch up with you.
0: Yeah, it's our pleasure and be sure to go to to, uh yes Uh, be sure to go to portlandhouseofmusic.com that's where you can find uh you can get tickets for all the shows right there you Mm -hmm. can do that right now Uh, just book up the rest of your year get your tickets you can just put them right on the calendar and then you're like oh i know what i'm doing every single friday and saturday night for the rest of the year and that would be great you know uh but you can also follow them on uh twitter on instagram on facebook i'll put links to all of that in the show notes and uh once again, Ken, thank you so much, and we wish you great success as you're reopening Absolutely. and with all the shows that are coming up.
2: For I sure. appreciate you guys. Thank you.
0: Thank you again to our sponsor, Fabian Oil. Be sure to contact them for all your propane and heating oil needs using the information in the show notes, and thank you for listening.